0: I'm sat at the forum, hiding out in a corner of one of the, the session rooms while everyone else has lunch. And I'm very pleased to be with Fiona Moss. So, hi, Fiona. Thanks hi, for talking I to me. Hi, Harriet. pleasure. I was um, I was looking at um, looking up how to introduce you on the web, but you seem to do so many things. I just thought I'd leave it to you to um,
1: you know to describe how you want to be described. So, how would you introduce yourself? Well, I'm I'm a physician, like by trade and by background. I was a consultant with spiritual physician for many years at Central Middlesex Hospital, but I've always had an interest in quality improvement and also in education. So my first consultant job was actually half time as a, as a consultant, um, respiratory physician, half time um, facilitating what was then known as clinical audit, then quality improvement with Northwest Thames. My interest in quality improvement started when I was an SHO when I did a project on appropriateness of antibiotic use um, in a hospital and that really gave me huge insight into some of the problems um, with very simple um, bits of healthcare and made me see that we need to both look after individual patients and as well need to be aware of the system of care and need to learn how to look after the system of care.
0: I've um, wanted to talk to you because you've done so much in, in quality improvement, and um, yeah, the idea of this is to, to get a bit of a, a broad overview as to, to what the field is and what it actually means. So, to start at the beginning, quality improvement didn't actually originate in healthcare. So, could you tell us where it came from, where those
1: kind of ideas began? Okay, I think the ideas of quality improvement started in in, in industry. However. I think all those working in healthcare have always wanted to do the best for their patients. So I I think it's not to say that that doctors and other healthcare professionals haven't been interested in the quality of care they give to patients. They have. I think they've almost, through the centuries, have believed passionately in that. I think the important difference is that we look after individual patients and we're taught very well to look after individual patients. What we're not taught about, and I think we're much less sensitive about, is the importance of the organisational context around which the patient is looked after. So although we think it's the doctor-patient relationship, the nurse-patient relationship, actually it's how we as a team of people link together to look after that patient that is so important. And if you look at where we've had disasters, for example, uh, the -the mid-staffs, it probably wasn't about individual people not knowing enough, it was about how they worked together and they, they obviously didn't work together in any way that that was functional so I think for us as healthcare professionals it's important to realize if we want to improve care we have to improve the organization of care and that's a bit that has come from industry
0: and and when was that how long has this
1: been developing for? Probably a long time I mean there was an important paper on quality written in 1984 by Robert Maxwell, who was then chief executive of the King's Fund, called the Dimensions of Quality. Um, and he's got a quote which is something, goes something like, starts something like, concern about the quality of care is as old as medicine itself, um, but genuine concern um, needs to depend on sort of a method, methodological approach. So his point was that actually you could be concerned about Um, about the quality but in order to be able to um, make a difference you actually have to have a a methodology to be able to look at it so we all think we're doing the best by our individual patients but it's only when we stop and actually look and actually use some data that we can see that maybe there's a problem so very early on for example take my specialty chest medicine I think every chest physician would imagine that all the patients who came in with asthma acute asthma were prescribed steroids if you looked at audits of this, it was clear that probably only 60% received steroids. But you only know that if you measure it. So the first things were in the 80s, I suppose, was the idea that actually we should start to look at what it is that we do. And then you can make an assessment of some why it is that doesn't happen. And then to make the organisational change that will improve things.
0: So what is that methodology and is that been the same since the 80s? Has it always been this idea of plan, do, study, act cycles? How has it developed?
1: Well that's a very good question and I think Don Bowick's um, session yesterday was I think rather a, a very good review of, of the science behind it. I think it's, it's, there isn't a single method. I think um, some of it is understanding how people work and how people work together. So it's a psychology of, of work. What, what is it that makes people like being at work and makes people work well together? I think it's also about how teams work, Um, we're very good and we're very focused for example on team competency, we very rarely look at, at, we're we're very focused on individual competency, we don't look at team competency, so you can have nine competent individuals who together might make an incompetent team. So we don't actually, and this is not just an NHS issue, all these things apply to systems worldwide. you can have someone who's in- incompetent in one team but actually is competent in another so we don't really understand how teams work we also don't understand how to uh, or in general we don't um, there is a methodology which looking at variation looking at a uh, process control chart so looking at changes that happen um, um, in the care that we give knowing whether that change is is simply part of the normal variation or whether it, it, there is something has happened that has made this um made um, care that is something that that we should that we should look out for so we are very good at statistics of randomized control trials and statistics of significance but there's a different um numerical approach that we should be taking to how we look at um uh, the work that we do and i think that we're not as as a uh, the healthcare professionals are not particularly fluent in that and i think there are colleagues that are actually very suspicious of it um, because you can't do a randomised controlled trial. I mean, it is not, that, is, it is, it, that is not the methodology for quality improvement. So it involves psychology, it involves um, the, the um, statistics, um, it involves understanding systems, understanding care as a process, all of which is slightly foreign. Doesn't, none of those really appear on any healthcare curriculum. OK, so it is quite a different thing from
0: science then, as, as I would understand it's it. different sort of science.
1: Okay, it's a different sort of science. So it's not—it you know—it is research. It does have a science. There is a basis for this. There is a—it is a methodological approach. It's not—it's not somebody putting a finger in the wind and saying, "Right, oh, I think we should do it this way," and it's. But it's also under the psychology of how people work together, yeah. and um, understanding that um, actually, often the answer to questions is actually within the teams that are working. So if every team at the end of every day said. How do we do today, and how could we do better? So you've actually got that sort of communication. You might be in a better place because then that team would be reviewing what they did. So it's much. It's if people if top down doesn't work that well, bottom up does. So it's getting the balance between sort of if you're at the top down values, and then the bottom up suggestions and how we do things together. Does that make sense to you? Sort of a, sort of a, it's a combination of the two. Yes, there is a scientific basis. Yes. There is an improvement science, but it's a rather eclectic science. It actually takes um, its origin from a range of different um, uh, academic disciplines. It's a magpie. It's a magpie science, <laughs> and it sounds very collective
0: as well. So, I mean, here at the forum, we hear an awful lot about getting patients involved, getting other healthcare professionals involved. That it is everyone's responsibility. It sounds like that idea of people coming together and the whole system working to make
1: the system better is is quite fundamental. I think it's absolutely right. I think it is a collective Um, and it is actually the work that you do to improve the system. The system actually is people. So it's not an abstract, it is people. So as a respiratory physician, I could carry on seeing many more patients in the clinic, working harder. Or I could work smarter by talking with our nursing team, be part of that nursing team see what support they need and actually work out how we share the work as, as, a, as a team of professionals and actually the latter is a much more efficient way of providing better care rather than me just in my my consulting room seeing more and more patients just does the, how does the team work and another bit about this is actually looking at the range of skills we need so for example in the chest clinic we had money for an extra nurse and rather than use that money for an extra nurse I spent it, if you like, spent it on an administrator. Now, of course, in some ways, whoa, people like to get rid of back office functions. For me, I say, hang on, we need back office functions. Mm. By finding an administrator, the four nurses that were there absolutely sat. I mean, it made their work so much easier. Mm. So they, if you like, they worked with, and the administrator worked with her nurses, and the nurses really liked having someone there who was doing the bits of work that, that they weren't particularly that well trained to do. So it's having that mix of of skills makes things um, m- m- make care much better. So it meant that the that the administrator stayed at base, took the phone calls, filled in all the forms, while the nurses went and spent more time with patients. Okay. So it's that so it's getting that skill mix
0: great.
1: Um, and realizing that actually the management skills are important, as are the clinical skills. And the t- when you get the two together, then you really do get, um, I think, improvement in in patient care. great
0: and uh, you were talking to me about what sounded like efficiency mm-hmm. earlier on, what are the other kind of areas, routes that quality improvement goes down to make things better, if that makes sense? So if you, one area could be making things more efficient, what are the other kind of topics that people should think about when they're looking to improve healthcare?
1: Okay, well, anything that makes things better for, for patients. So, I mean, there's various ways in which you can look at it. Um, one is effectiveness. So, are patients getting the right treatments? Are they, so, some patients get treatments they don't need, some get, don't get ones that they do need. So, effectiveness is one. Equity, are we treating people equally? Efficiency. I mean, I think if you, once you start to improve the quality of care, actually, in general, You can improve. uh, uh, Things are likely to be more efficient. So an example might be um, the if you have a system where patients admitted with a fracture neck of femur get their operation within 24 hours of admission, we know that they do better, that the mortality is lower, and the outcomes are better. They're in hospital for 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 a shorter length, for shorter duration of time. Actually, that is going to be more efficient because they're using fewer hospital beds. Um, so I, th- and I think if, if you manage to do that, then, then things are going to be going to be more, more efficient. Uh, I know, I mean, I, one of the things I'm really interested in is how we improve access to what I call specialist advice. So as a chest physician, a patient with acute asthma came to see me in the chest clinic. It is likely that with um, some nebulizers and some time with me, time with the nurses, that they might well be able to go home as long as they could come back and see myself or a colleague the following day. The same person coming to an A&E department might reasonably be admitted by the doctors on call because they're not necessarily a respiratory specialist, so how we work can really dictate um, the efficiencies.
0: Great. And I was watching, um, it was a video by Mike Evans, it was on the IHI website that was you know, talking, it was a kind of an animation about quality improvement, and he was really stressing quality improvement as being kind of an attitude and a philosophy. What do you think, if someone was going into improving quality, making things better for their patients, what sort of mindset do you think they should go into that with? Do you have any advice for them?
1: I mean, I go back to your word, which I think is a very good, word, which is collective. So if I'm the only person interested in quality improvement in my hospital or practice, that's going to be quite tough. So the first thing I've got to do is to um, really try and, uh, and convince colleagues that um, uh, working together and working out how it is we, we work and changing that is going to, is the only way to actually improve the care substantially for patients. Um, And I think that that is something we have to recognise. Arguably, if you're going to improve care, somebody or several people have to work differently. Then you have to think about working differently is tough for all of us. So there's all things we do at work that we like to do the same, because that's how we're used to doing it. And changing even small things can be quite difficult. So I think we shouldn't underestimate that quality improvement is about working with people to help them work differently together. The process of care is how people work together. So it comes down to quite a lot of understanding about working practices and people's relationships and alliances. So it's something you're not going, it's not a um, a, a solitary activity by any means. Okay. And I think that's one of its problems is that you might have people who simply don't understand it, even though they are genuinely working their hardest to to do their best for patients
0: yeah. and of course kind of improving care and health care is not I mean it's a big part of it, its improving care and um, improving things for patients but it's also about improving things for your staff and having a better working
1: environment absolutely because if staff are happy and are contented and like what they're doing and feel and have a sense of belonging and ownership then they're going to be in a better place to look after patients. I mean, I think absolutely. Um, it's, you know, um, staff, I mean, there's work done by someone called Linda Aiken in the States about, about nurses and nurse autonomy um, and actually how, sort of how nurses work, actually does does make a difference to the quality of care. So, happy staff, staff who are really an, are not stressed, or um, well beyond the sort of normal stresses in healthcare. Healthcare is in some ways stressing, because seeing people who are ill does have it, their, their own intrinsic stresses, but are not stressed, Beyond that, um, actually feel they're listened to, actually can contribute to how people work, are going to deliver better care, and they're going to be in a better place to suggest improvements um, in how they work. So, for example, um, the receptionist where I worked in the chest clinic came to me. I mean, um, we made some big changes to how we work, but she said, "I, oh, Dr. Moss, um, I don't give old patients, older patients, early appointments." And I go, why? She says, well, um, in my experience, it takes them longer to get up in the morning and their bus passes sometimes don't work before 9.30. And actually, here's somebody who's actually made a decision thinking about her work as a receptionist Mm. um, can actually impact on the work that um, we do because she'd worked out that actually they they often came in late for early appointments. So she had actually worked out that... Maybe she should give them late appointments, and that's terrific. That's somebody who is actually being engaged in their own work and actually making observations, actually having the confidence to discuss those observations, and to and for those to be put into into practice. I mean, it's a small example, but if you just there are many bigger ones than that that you can have.
0: The quality improvement can be small. It's you know big it sounds enormous. It's a feel better conference with what 10,000 people or something, but it can be as much as
1: someone just knowing that in their job it's better to give older people later appointments. And also all of us saying thank you to colleagues. So there's a bit about thanking people, noticing things, noticing colleagues, whoever, whoever they might be. I mean, an interesting, a, a, a colleague of mine, um, Liz Pace, has done some work with patients, and patients have put on training for GP receptionists. And GP receptionists love it. And you're thinking, right, I wonder how many GP receptionists get training that way? It sounds, now when I, when, saying this, it sounds kind of obvious. But we need to make sure all staff are trained, which comes back to something about learning. So, one of the problems we have is we have quality improvement here, and we have delivery of healthcare here, and we have education here. We have three, almost three different tracks. What we need to do is to bring them all together, Mm. so that so learning. So some learning is something that we're doing all the time. We're learning about ourselves at work, about how about how we work, how we as a team work as a um, provide work as a process. and that, that is actually so that learning is, is central and actually learning is central to patients arguably you know, when patients come to see us we learn about them they learn about options I mean arguably it is the centre of what we do and it's the centre of quality improvement Fantastic well that definitely sounds
0: like a utopia I could get on board with <laughs> so Fiona thanks very much for My talking pleasure. to us Thank you. Thank you